This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Hours into the unverified era on Twitter, and fortunately, no one has impersonated myself, Courtney Cronin, or my co-host, Randy Scott, and put any outlandish info out there. So we can (laughs) rest assured that we're in the clear for now, but for how long uh, remains to be determined. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us. Twitter still exists. We're just not verified. At Courtney R. Cronin is my handle. Randy's is at Randy Scott ESPN. You can also hit us up on the phones. Number to get in on the CC call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Three NBA games coming your way tonight, starting with Philly and Brooklyn, Sacramento, and Golden State. The Warriors right now in an 0-2 hole as that series shifts back to San Francisco. And then the nightcap, Phoenix at Los Angeles against the Clippers. We find out today that Kawhi Leonard will not be playing in Game 3 due to a knee injury that was initially, Randy, sustained in Game 1. He played through it. It is not the same knee injury that in his right knee with the ACL. That is apparently not the concern. But as Om Young Mashuk told us earlier, ESPN NBA reporter, who joined us on Canty and Carlin after breaking this story, there's still some uncertainty about when Kawhi is going to be back. Even though Woj is saying he, a source told him that he's expected to be day-to-day, sprained right knee, I mean, there are degrees of it, right? And Paul George has a sprained right knee, and he's, he has now been out for about a month um, with, with a sprained right knee that he is trying to come back and is, is expected to keep him out of this first-round series. So with Game 4 right around the corner on Saturday, the Clippers have not had much time in between games. It's been one day pretty much in between games. Uh, this is a really tough blow for them in this series against the Phoenix Suns when they were just starting to believe that they can win this series. The odds movement already being affected by this news. Game three odds goes from Suns minus three and a half to minus seven and a half. And the series odds before was the Suns minus 325 and the Clippers plus 250. Now it's Suns minus 475, Clippers plus 360. Wow. I just think that this is really bad news because Kawhi Leonard was. Eh, I think arguably the best player in this series, despite the 38-point explosion that we saw from Devin Booker in Game 2, he is so difficult to defend. He wore down Kevin Durant. And I know Durant had a good game in Game 2, playing 45 minutes, scored 25 points, but when you don't have the assignment for Kevin Durant, maybe his assignment becomes less taxing physically. To me, this is the wide-open door for the Suns to kick open and, and run away with this thing in five games. I... It's it's a matter too of how they can win, which you got to be careful with. You don't want to play with your food, so to speak. But they can now win in a way that possibly rests Kevin Durant, is specifically Kevin Durant because he's the older one of the two headed snake here, right? I mean, Chris Paul's older than everybody, but Kevin Durant is the one who has the injury concern and the load management concern. And if you can avoid playing him forty four minutes a game the way they have so far, and Devin Booker as well, they're each averaging 44 minutes, but if you can scale that back to the 30s or even lower in Game 3 tonight and get your win and get your rest and try to line yourself up for what's increasingly looking like a second-round matchup with a one-seed in Denver that looks every bit of the one-seed so far through two games against Minnesota. You know what I mean? It's not. It's kind of like how your parents used to say it's not what you said, it's how you said it, you know? Or a significant other would say that. It's not, it's not that you win. Now for Phoenix, it's how they can win. They can win in a way that takes an unsustainable 
playing rate, usage rate right now for their two best players, the two players who are most impactful and intric- in, in, you know, integral in winning a title there in Phoenix, and they can rest them finally because 44 minutes a night wasn't going wasn't gonna to last. Not for an oft-injured Kevin Durant. I mean, Devin Booker, maybe, but for KD, knowing that he was injured earlier this season when he was with Brooklyn, he got injured in warm-ups when he was just getting off the ground, literally, uh, with the Phoenix Suns, and now healthy, playing decently well in this series so far. Of course, they traded for him to be the guy, to not have to rely on your bench. I do think it is a little absurd that your bench has scored 28 points in the first two games combined, but they brought Kevin Durant in, Randy, so they can rest on him while not giving him as much rest, but knowing that now it needs to factor in because I just worry when you think about how long this postseason is, and if you are trying to go all the way to the NBA Finals, that's two more months, and that usage rate of him playing 44, 45 minutes, not going to cut it. So it's going to be up to Russell Westbrook, Norman Powell, Bones Highland to generate the bulk of the offense for the Los Angeles Clippers with both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George out of this game. They haven't had too much luck when both of those players are not playing together. They've played 12 games without both this season. They are 3-9 in in those contests. That is the second game of Thursday night, a 10 p.m. tip-off out in Los Angeles. Golden State Warriors also playing tonight without Draymond Green in Game 3. He was suspended by the NBA after stomping on DeMontis Sabonis' chest in Game 2. Sabonis, after grabbing Draymond Green's ankle, received a flagrant one. Green got a flagrant two, so he's ejected. And the NBA citing history with Draymond Green is now suspended for game two. And when we were talking with Tim Kawakami from the Athletic Bay Area, I think the experience that the Warriors have had, Randy, before going through this without Draymond Green, whether it's seven years ago in the NBA Finals when he was suspended for Game 5. I know the Warriors say that's ancient history, but there have been moments before where they haven't had him do stuff like this. You'd like to think that the history and the experience is something they can lean on. And frankly, this is a team that in the Draymond Green, Clay Thompson Steph Curry area, Steph Curry era, they've been better at responding than really anybody else in NBA history outside of like Bill Russell, Sam Jones, and, and players <laughs> who were part of the Celtics dynasty uh, at responding from deficits. And but they're in a two-zero hole. They haven't been down 2-0 going back home for a series, so it's uncharted territory. I remember Draymond said the other night that it's exciting, but that's before he found out he was suspended for. Game three. There's such a danger, though, even with their pedigree, even with the rings that they've had together, even with this the, the playoff and final success that this core has had in Golden State. There is such a danger in flipping the switch, in thinking that you can, right? In 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 getting into the playoffs as a low seed and just saying, hey, you know, we're going against a a, a younger a fresher leg, more explosive, faster team, but because we've been there and done that and they haven't had any postseason experience since 2006, like we're just going to outclass them. That that doesn't I'm 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 concerned from a Golden State perspective because that doesn't happen anymore. You know what I mean? Like you can get got just as easily as you can outclass someone, if anything more easily because what we're seeing with Memphis, what we're seeing with Sacramento, sometimes you're too young and too talented to know any better. You know what I mean? To know how inexperienced you are. Now the real test is what you do in San Francisco because the bar has been set from a crowd 
perspective. I think I think San Francisco, the wine and cheese crowd. I, I think how they've how they've priced out the fans from Oakland. I like. I don't think you're going to reach the level of ferocity that those fans had in Sacramento because they're not starving in San Francisco like they are in Sacramento. But the Warriors have to bring that energy that the Kings had in their barn, in their home building. And I just don't know that that switch can get flipped at this age, especially without their spiritual leader, for lack of a better term, in Draymond. The NBA hit him where it hurts because he has told us, Draymond Green, time and again, that fines do not matter to him. He did it last year when he flipped the double bird to the crowd in Memphis, said, more or less, what's a $25,000 fine to me when I can go make that up from doing an appearance? He makes $25 million. That wasn't going to affect him. The NBA wanted to make an example out of Draymond Green. Whether you like the suspension or not, that's what happened. And if you take a team's emotional leader away, that's where you hit him where it hurts. So we'll see what happens tonight and truly how this is going to affect Draymond Green going forward. Because if Jonathan Kaminga entering the lineup for Draymond Green goes out against the Sacramento Kings in Game 3 and balls out, maybe the Warriors are thinking going forward, hmm, easier to pay a $20 million bench player than Draymond Green and considering the contract situation, his player option that he can opt in or opt out of this offseason – Maybe that's the route that they want to go. A lot of uncertainty there. We'll see what what that yields going forward. But for now, the Warriors are trying to get one win this series and not have to have an early exit from the postseason down 0-2 as the series shifts back to the Chase Center on Thursday night. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. As a reminder, you can hear the NBA playoffs right here on ESPN Radio. Be sure to tune in tonight with the Nets hosting the Sixers. Coverage beginning 7 p.m. Eastern time on most ESPN Radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80 presented by Indeed. One week away. From right now, we're going to be getting ready for round one of the NFL draft. Will it be C.J. Stroud? Will it be Bryce Young? Will it be Anthony Richardson, maybe, to the Carolina (laughs) Panthers? Who knows? They've got the number one overall pick. And our number one overall picks, Canty and Carlin, Chris Canty and Chris Carlin, are going to be hosting all of the NFL draft coverage right here on ESPN Radio, live from Kansas City, beginning next Thursday, all the way through Saturday. They're going through every single pick. So you're going to want to make sure to keep it right here on ESPN Radio for all of their analysis and insight. Also being joined by ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum and ESPN Radio's Ian Fitzsimmons. But right now it's time for a little dash to the draft. Earlier today, Chris Canty was on Greeny and had this to say about Anthony Richardson and what the outlook could be for him this season. Everybody that's saying that he needs to sit and learn, stop yourselves, okay? I mean, the best way to get better at football is play football. And the one thing that I will say, because Anthony Richardson is so adept at being able to run the football, you can standardize defenses with the zone read scheme and the quarterback being able to run the football. The threat of the quarterback running the football is going to slow down defenses. It's going to make them more vanilla. And that, in turn, will slow the game down for the quarterback in terms of what he's seeing in real time at the line of scrimmage. So, yes, Anthony Richardson can be a week one starter. I don't want to tell the former NFL player that he's wrong here, Randy Scott, but... Anthony Richardson, I don't want to see Mitchell Trubisky play out in real time again. The lack of experience as a starter in college, the low completion percentage during his one year as a starter for the Florida Gators, 
this guy is not ready to start week one. Like, where where do, do we think that a couple months in an offseason program and taking on all the responsibilities that come with being an NFL quarterback, like if, the, if, if the NFL world thought this, would he not be projected, widely projected, to go number one overall and start right away for the Carolina Panthers? He would. He would. It's the small sample size. You call it the Trey Lance rule. You could call it the... Uh, I mean, there are other NFL quarterback, you know, Dwayne Haskins, like other NFL quarterbacks who have had small sample sizes. Now, Josh Allen uh, had a small sample size, but it was two full seasons uh, as a starter and not just the one that uh, Anthony Richardson has, but it was a small sample size and the second one was largely unimpressive. And there was some concern that perhaps, uh, you know, he was, uh, he, he, he had stayed too long uh, at Wyoming. And uh, obviously the Bills thought otherwise and they realized that his, um, supporting cast had really dropped off because there was NFL talent from his his first year as a starter, and it, it worked out. But you've got one season. We've got one full season. We've got 393 total attempts in college at a sub-55% completion rate. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's so tantalizing. The measurables are insane. The athleticism, the tape, you can make a highlight reel that is better than anything else from Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. I get that. But the sample size is so small to so to say, no, nah, it's good. Like we can we can scheme up, you know, as a zone read. I mean, in week one of your NFL season, I can see week one of the second NFL season where you've been around NFL speed, both at practice and otherwise, scout team, whatever you're running. I can't see it for the 2023 season. But hey, Canty played more football than you and I combined. I cannot wait for next Thursday because this is finally the time we all get to be proven wrong for all of our mock drafts and expecting four quarterbacks to be gone by pick number seven. We'll see if any of that actually plays out and see how NFL teams did with their smoke screens that they threw out the last couple of months. Bryce Young expected to go at number one overall, or or is it going to be C.J. Stroud? We're going to find out here in the next week. Canty and Carlin going to be hosting our draft coverage from Kansas City right here on ESPN Radio. We're going to find out a week from today. Stroud, Young, Maybe Anthony Richardson. The 2023 NFL Draft is on ESPN Radio. First round coverage beginning 7 p.m. Eastern time on most ESPN radio stations. So with all the top 30 visits over, we have a week from now that will not yield silence, but more interviews from NFL prospects. Bryce Young was on first take today. He was also on SportsCenter. He's also doing everybody's podcast in America. And he addressed a lot of different topics. Why he quit his top, why he decided to wrap up his top 30 visits early, what he's going to wear at the NFL draft. And on first take, he said he understands why teams are worried about his size, but that's not really a concern for him. I think it's valid. Um, you know, I, I get it. I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Uh, but for me, I'm capable of, you know, I'm, I'm capable of, of what I'm capable of. I know who I am. And, you know, I've been playing with a lot of people that have been bigger with, than me my, my entire life. Um, you know, I'm, I've always been the, the smaller one on the field. And, you know, I know that's not going to uh, change to the next level. And it's something I'm super used to. Um, so, you know, I think uh, especially, you know, in, in this in the next level, it's about how quickly you can process, how, how well you can make the right decision, how, how well you can get the ball in your hands and, and get into playmaker's hands. So uh, that's something that I, I pride myself in. I'm ready for that challenge at the next level, um, you know, so that, you know, hopefully it's I'm, I'm not looking to, to, to run a bunch of people over at the next level or anything like that uh but be more be more efficient with the ball and you know again i'm i'm used to playing around people that are much bigger so uh it's not going to be anything new for me 
Courtney, I'm curious, just because you've been around NFL teams now, I can think of the Vikings in previous stop and obviously the Bears now. Just what is this week like from their perspective? Like we we're gonna hear from we're gonna like we're gonna hear from the, the from the prospects, like you said, Bryce Young's on the on the tour right now. We get nothing but smoke screens and misdirection from teams. Like what is this week like for them? A lot of like the boards are set. That's what drives me nuts about this week and going into the draft and what teams are doing. So behind the scenes right now, they're all trying to project what other teams are going to do. But realistically, every NFL team knows that the draft board should, in theory, reset after every single pick. And you should stick to how your board is stacked and at what position your biggest needs are and going off of that. If you start getting cute with it at this time of the year and changing things around, you end up doing yourself more of a disservice when you get to Thursday night. Trust your scouts, trust the tape that you've watched, trust the ample resources you have in learning about these prospects over the last couple of months because they've done their due diligence. Like you're about like we think about teams in the first round and the guarantees that are tied in with those contracts. You're about to be investing millions and millions of dollars into players you hope can change your franchise, stick to what you know and try not to talk yourself out of it. Like that is, I think the biggest takeaway that I have in talking to scouts every single year where the work is already done and you don't want to try to talk yourself out of what a decision that you've already made the way that your board is already set because there truly is Randy, unless there's some thing that comes out of left field, like Laramie Tunzel on draft night in 2016 there's not much that can really change your your true evaluation of a player right now. So I think it's sticking to the board. And for prospects, you know, they have not had a moment to rest. And I know that when this came up with Bryce Young, why did you decide to bow out of your top 30 visits and not take any more after a certain point? Do you think you're going to be the number one quarterback, number one player taken overall? Yes, no, maybe so. It doesn't matter. I think that there comes a point where I know where I'm at right now. I know the situation that I'm going into, whether it's going to be Carolina at number one, whether it's going to be Houston at number two, Indianapolis at number four. That does feel like a stretch towards the end. At some point, it's just like you you got to just like give yourself a break from it because there's nothing really now the final week leading up to the draft that can change too much a team's opinion of where a player should be taken and how they have their board stacked. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott sitting in for the guys on this Thursday afternoon, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Straight ahead, the first game of Thursday night in the NBA. Nets and Philly. What can Brooklyn do to get back into this series? That's coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance by visiting Progressive.com. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott, sitting in for the guys on this Thursday afternoon. Let's head out to the Barclays Center where we tap in with Mark Kestesher, who is on the call for tonight's 76ers-Nets game, our play-by-play announcer on ESPN Radio. Kesty, the Nets in an 0-2 hole right now as the series shifts back home for them. How do they survive this tonight? It, it, does it come down to letting Michael Bridges cook in this series to get the Nets back into it? Hey, Courtney. Hey, Randy. Uh, good evening from Brooklyn. Yeah, you know, we were just down on the floor and had a chance to talk with uh, Jack Vaughn in his office. You know, there's some optimism there, obviously. Uh, they're kind of playing with house's money at this point after all, uh, trading away Kyrie and KD and the parts they got back and what may be coming in the future. But, you know, for now, they're, 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 they're kind of buoyed by the fact that, you know, outside of that 176er run in the third quarter, they did a good job limiting Embiid and his field goal attempts. They forced him to be a passer. Uh, they have somehow kept James Harden off the free throw line for the first two games of this series. And you're right. I mean, it's been bridges and it's been Cameron Johnson so far so maybe let those guys cook but I think they're hoping that Spencer Dinwiddie can get his uh get his game on the hot plate maybe and get it cooking as well because they they miss you know his uh offensive numbers he's been really good since he's come here so if they can get those three guys going and play the same kind of defense they played in game two they hope that gets them in the series. Kesty when you look at exactly who has been the biggest uh, I, I, I don't want to be negative, but biggest disappointment so far from a Nets perspective, if you had to pick one person to step up and sort of be the, the main ingredient of whatever recipe there would be to a Brooklyn bounce back, what would it be? Who would it be? Yeah, you know, I don't know if I want to place blame, but I think just from a numbers perspective, <laughs> Nick Claxton has really taken that next step this year. And maybe, you know, some of that was a function of playing with Kyrie and playing with KD and uh, he just you know he needed to stay healthy like that was the big thing for Nick over the first few years he just wasn't able to stay on the floor and this year he was and he has played at a really good level and especially on the defensive end you know he's among the best interior defenders in the league at his age very young but you know from an offensive perspective maybe uh, you know if I want to place that disappointment tag in the first two games in Philadelphia I'd probably place it right at him. 
Mark Keshisher, ESPN play-by-play announcer on the call for Nets and 76ers tonight. That game coming your way right here after we get off on Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We know that this is a half-court heavy offense for the 76ers, and you've got Joel Embiid and James Harden playing at the level that he has and raining the barrage of threes in those early games. How do they replicate if you're the 76ers, how does Doc Rivers try to replicate that early success as this sheer series shifts away from Philadelphia? I think they're interested to see how, Courtney, how, how Brooklyn attacks them again because in game two they made such an effort to get the ball out of Embiid's hand, throwing a couple guys at him, maybe throwing three guys at him and you know forcing him to make the right play, which more off, often than not he has. And so if he's in that same predicament, if he's seeing a lot of defenders come at him, you know, Tyrese Maxey, who has turned himself into, you know, the number three guy here on this Philadelphia team and was brilliant in game two uh, with 33 points and six three-pointers. If they continue to deliver, uh, what Doc Rivers had, had told the media yesterday and he, he told us today in our interview as well is, you know, he, he's never seen Joel so happy to give up the ball. You know, normally he doesn't want to, but he does and other guys are scoring and it's you know, he, his his MVP resume's, resume has already been done. You know, we'll find out if, you know, ultimately he wins the award, you know, whether it's later this week or next week. You know, so for right now, all he cares about is 16 wins. He's got the first two, and he seems to be enjoying. I know winning takes care of all that, but seems to be enjoying. If he's not going to score 30 and they're going to force him to give it up, if guys are hitting shots off his passes, he seems to be happy about it. Cassidy, we're, we're focusing on, on Western Conference tonight as well, or at least putting some focus there because of this news uh, out of the Clippers locker room saying that Kawhi Leonard is out for Game 3 as, uh, against Phoenix as the series shifts to, to Los Angeles. How how m- much does this tilt the court in the favor of Phoenix it, 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 after having to, to play you know Kevin Durant and Devin Booker 44 minutes each in Games 1 and 2? Yeah, it, feel, it feels like it's completely tilted it. You know, out of the Clippers' uh, control, which is unfortunate because it's it's hard enough, you know, having to go through this whole series without Paul George, and then Kawhi Leonard's giving you some glimmers of what we saw, you know, years ago. Certainly in the uh, Toronto run to the NBA championship, and before that as well, and before his injury, and I, I think I remember that play. I don't know if it was in Game One. I think it was in Game One where you just like, oh, that's that knee, and you wonder. You know, hey, guess it didn't affect him in game two, but it sounds like he played through it. Um, and hopefully it's a short-term incident. I know I read Woj's report before we made the trek from Manhattan across the Brooklyn Bridge uh, that it was not um, – it's the same knee, but not affecting the ACL or at least wasn't part of that original injury. So hopefully that's the case. But it's hard to imagine without those two guys and with all the firepower that Phoenix has, and we saw it you know, almost in full display in game two – that uh, you know the Clippers, if they don't get Kawhi back and a you know near ninety percent Kawhi later in the series, uh, that they can even this thing out. Sad day across the Twitterverse. Blue checks are no longer a thing. <laughs> Randy and I have been commiserating about this, Casti, for the last couple of hours. Where were you when you found out your blue check was no more? You know, I uh, was in between uh, sips of some great matzo ball soup from Juniors and. I started seeing some Twitter traffic about people who lost their blue check, and I said, I wonder if mine's gone. And 
Yep, sure enough it was. So the first thing I did, uh, I know you guys will appreciate it, I uh, sent a, a text to ESPN SIG, Sports and Information Group, to see if I made it to 3,000 consecutive days with a blue check before it disappeared. <laughs> I think they just rejected my letter and said we have more important things to do, so get out no, of here. No, <laughs> I, I, think, I think they need to get right on that one instead of all the NBA coverage that we have uh, coming your way tonight. Three games beginning with 76ers at the Brooklyn Nets. That game right here on ESPN Radio, and you can hear Mark Keshisher on the call for 76ers Nets, followed by Sacramento and Golden State, and then the nightcap out in the Western Conference with the Suns going out to Los Angeles to face the Clippers. Kesty, as always, thanks for the time. Enjoy the game tonight, and good luck on the call. This is our favorite time of the year. we got three and four days. We love it, and it all starts tonight in Brooklyn. Good being on with you. Thanks, awesome buddy. stuff. Appreciate it, Mark. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance by visiting Progressive.com. Straight ahead, Randy, our betting expert here on the show, <laughs> allegedly, is going to help you make a little cash with our play of the night and time for a little three and out. That's coming up next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. And Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott holding it down on this Thursday evening presented by Progressive Insurance. Got three games coming your way in the NBA playoffs tonight beginning 6.30 p.m. Eastern time with our coverage right here on ESPN Radio of... 76ers at Nets, rather 7 p.m. Eastern time, because we're literally still talking right now, and it's past 6.30 on the East Coast, followed by Sacramento and Golden State and the nightcap of the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Clippers. Randy Scott, my co-host here on Candy and Carl, and as we fill in for the guys, going to help you make a little money tonight with the night with the play of the night. All right, so you're scrolling through the Caesar Sportsbook app over there, Randy. Yep. Where are we starting? Okay, I have two parlays. I got one in the Sixers Nets game in okay. Brooklyn. Sixers lay in four and a half. And here's I'm gonna go with two favorites. You can be like, what a noob, you know? Like what a what a square. What a mark this guy is. But hear me out. Doug Kazarian, our ESPN sports betting in insider analyst, all of it. Over the last two postseasons, only fourteen times. Did the favorite win but not cover? So in 158 of 172 games, the winning team also covered. It's nine and zero to start these playoffs. Now it's sixteen and zero to start these playoffs. If a favorite wins, a favorite covers. Okay, so I'm going to say a Sixers win tonight in Brooklyn and a cover at four and a half. James Harden double double. He's going to get to double-digit assists. They're going to keep feeding Joel Embiid. He'll get to ten points. Maybe even gets to the free throw line. And somebody has to cook. For Brooklyn, I'm going to say it's Cam Johnson. Points plus rebounds combined over 21 and a half. Take that. Take the five plus five ten. So five to one. Take that to the bank. You want to get a little richer though. You want to got to. You want to got to Pahonix, capital capital Arizona. Even though the game's being played in, in uh, Los Angeles, forget that detail. Uh, Suns lay the eight. Who's scoring for the Clippers? Who's going to score? Brody. Who? Maybe Norm Powell, because I got Norm Powell factored Batum, into this. Because so, he had zero points the other night. That wouldn't be a yeah, safe bet. What's French for zero? All I know is un de trois. Uh, Suns lay the eight, because again, if favorites win, they cover. Suns lay the eight points. Norman Powell over 21 and a half points. Let's say he scores. All right, let's say Brody doesn't take 50 shots. KD under five and a half assists, because I think he only plays about 32 minutes in this one. And I think he's efficient, though, and goes over 28 and a half points because he doesn't have Kawhi following him around. 
Okay, he doesn't have Kawhi hounding him defensively. And if you do all that and all that cashes, that's that's ten to one, baby. That's plus one thousand. So all those right. are my plays for the night. Okay. Randy Scott's plays for the night. If you guys end up hitting on any of those, you owe Randy a cut of that. And Randy, uh, just for being here with me, I take a percentage as well. As a reminder, <laughs> the NBA playoffs are right here on ESPN Radio. Be sure to tune in as the Nets host the Sixers. Coverage presented by Indeed beginning 7 p.m. Eastern time right after we get off here on Canty and Carlin on most ESPN Radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. So before we entered the unverified era of Twitter, a story that was making waves all throughout the week was about Toronto Blue Jays pitcher, uh, what's his name again? Anthony Bass. Anthony Bass. He claims that his wife, and there's a photo of it, he tweeted this, he claimed that a flight attendant for United Airlines made his pregnant wife clean up after their child. There's a two-year-old, and you can see some popcorn underneath her seat. There's another child who seems like he's occupying himself with his iPad and doing just fine. Big feud on Twitter. Should the wife be expected to clean up after her child? She is pregnant after all, or isn't this why they bring the cleaning crews onto the plane in the first place? Randy, where do you fall on this? Because I just have watched Twitter go back and forth and people say, oh, be more responsible for your kids and make sure every kernel gets in their mouth to others saying, what the heck was this flight attendant's problem? Uh, no, I'm square. I'm the son of a flight attendant. All right. So I'm a biased. I'm a biased audience here. Like I am entirely on United. You know what? I'm the son of a United pilot, too. So I'm on uh, I'm on the side of the airline here. And uh, it's wild to me that Anthony Bass. So it was it was a tremendous point by one of the people in the in the replies and the replies are amazing. But the, uh, the reply is, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He let his pregnant wife get on her hands and knees and clean this up after his kids. What? In, like, like he took a photo and let his wife do that. Like, what is wait, he doing? Wasn't he not there? I thought that like this was a solo trip because I thought he was playing Major League Baseball and with the Toronto Blue Jays that she took the photo of what was going on on the carpet, which you see behind the two-year-old's chair is popcorn kernels. All right. I thought that that was like, hey, they're making me clean up this. I'm sending it to you. You spread it along social media. Either either way. I Well, well no, I, there's actually not. I'm, I'm choosing to believe that Anthony Bass is on this flight. All right. Alternative facts. That's yeah. Wow, that's an important detail though. Before we get too righteous and high and mighty, but I'm always going to side uh, with a flight attendant. That's, that's totally fair. Yeah, totally fair. Yeah. And I mean, it is a child versus a slob of a you know adult doing that. So that is something to consider there. But Twitter in the unverified era. I wonder if these are things we're going to fight about. Um, maybe. <laughs> You and I both found out that our blue checks were gone at the same time. It was a sad day, <sighs> and now we move forward into the era of information coming from anywhere. Yeah, fake Randy at fake Randy Scott I ESPN is the account I'm about to start up to see if I can gain any traction. I, listen, you're going to get some vitriolic. I got something today during our show that was awful, and I'm like, I hope somebody steals my identity. I welcome it. That's the first time somebody said that. <laughs> You just well, opened up Pandora's box. Oh, Randy take Scott. my debt and take my awful Twitter mentions. We're good. Hey, we're so, hey we're I'm a good. man. Found that out today. There you go. Shannon Penn, Congrats producer extraordinaire. To Shannon. Yes. Kudos to everybody. I'll Kudos be back to tomorrow. You. Yeah, Randy's going to be back here tomorrow, Let's but go. right now we've got Net 76ers coming up on ESPN Radio. It's been Candy and Carlin. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. 
Antti and Carlin, the podcast.